This week's episode of We Run This is sponsored by Mescala Protein Bars. Mescala are delicious plant-based bars that incorporate the flavors of the world into a healthy and crunchy snack. Founded by college friends Griffin and Coco, Mescala works with regional farmers around the world to bring your favorite flavors to life in plant-based bars that will replace the bland, boring protein bars that we're all used to eating. Mescala bars are bringing innovation and personality to the protein bar space. Made from a pea crisp base, each Mescala protein bar is packed with 10 grams of protein and only 170 calories. Mescala comes in three delicious flavors, matcha vanilla, peanut butter, and my personal favorite, the Mexican hot chocolate. Mescala bars are also available nationwide, but you can order them online too. You can get them in individual bars or in a variety pack. Just check out their website at eatmescala.com. That's eat, E-A-T, mescala, M-E-Z-C-L-A.com. Mescala, healthy snacking reimagined. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of We Run This. I am Chris Lomonati. I'm Gina Capone. Hi, Gina. Hi, Chris. Are you, you on a boat? Interesting new- no. <laughs> my, just my beach house, guys. I'm getting a little getaway. Okay. Gina's, Gina's got oars on her uh, on her uh, wall right now. It looked like she was, I thought she was on a boat, on a cruise. I thought she was on the love boat or something. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? What were you going to make- say? Chris, you have some interesting news to tell everybody. Exciting news. I do have exciting news. Uh, I'm going to go food shopping after this. And, uh, oh, you mean the race. Oh, the, my, my run. <laughs> my May the 4th race. Where yeah. I, Do you want to talk about it or should I talk about it? No, you go ahead. I'll fill in the parts you leave out on purpose. I'm not leaving out anything on purpose. Right. I, I hit my PR. Um, I don't know going into it if I thought I would or not. I, I'm not even sure what I thought going into it the first couple of miles I thought so and then we kind of fell off the bandwagon a little bit (laughs) well but but I mean like my frame of mind I was kind of ready but that day I was kind of like okay if I don't there was even though it was a PR and even though it was I was going to put it online Mm -hmm. like it just didn't have that like yeah it it didn't have that yeah it wasn't a real organized race yeah it wasn't like a race day where like people are around and i've got a number pinned to me and (laughs) it just it was just the three of us in a park with people cutting the grass and deer and old ladies asking why i'm about to vomit and it just wasn't (laughs) there wasn't like a real feel to it yeah you can come tomorrow and race with me if you want i will pass on that (laughs) but here's another thing too um i also realized at some point even if I didn't make my PR, we would still have something to talk about in post. Which ones? Like not getting it. Oh, okay. So yeah, we would yeah. either talk about getting it or talk yeah. about not getting it. And it happens. It happens a lot. You train for a race and you don't get your PR. It's not, it's not a given. Like running doesn't owe you anything just because you train for it. You know, it does, it does not. Should we talk about what happened to me the night before? Oh yeah. Chris, Chris is clumsy. I'm not clumsy. It was the rain. So that's the thing. I'm opposite of clumsy. And also, I'm usually hesitant to do things like that, especially before a race. Mm-hmm. Like, 
day or two before an actual race, I'm like, I put myself in bubble wrap. Like, I'm like, I don't go anywhere. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything you wouldn't do out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Just like, don't take, don't take anything. Don't eat anything. Like just do the normal stuff that you do. Right. Very routine. So I decided to do the track workout with our friends because I figured, oh, it's just a track workout. It's not really running. We're fine. Uh, we start the track workout and we were doing intervals where somebody was on the ropes, somebody was hanging, doing pull-ups and somebody was going to be running up and down the bleachers. It had just lightly drizzled right before we started. And mm-hmm. I was the first one to run, run up the metal bleachers. I run up the metal bleachers. I go to take the turn to go up the steps. My feet come out from underneath me because I slide. I land right on my side and my arm lands like scrapes against the step. Yeah. So I have this giant cut blood coming down my arm. I land like right on the bone of my hip. Like I land on the hip where if you're old, it, you're dead. Like, <laughs> it's the part of the hip that like is gonna like it just sends you right to the grave. Chris, like, I that, need the hip replacement. Yeah, that's what I landed on. It's still kind of sore. I mean, we're on we're Friday now. It, it's still kind of sore from Monday. I I kind of iced it when I got home. I still continued the workout. I still worked out mm-hmm. for an hour. And it kind of like hurt as I got home later that night. But I'm thinking to myself, you train for four weeks and the night before you have to be a moron and go do a track workout and fall mm-hmm. on your side like a putz. But I didn't really feel it that day. I didn't, I don't think right. I, I just- Yeah, everything just, else was hurting you. <laughs> my right side of my body was hurting me. <laughs> Not when I was yelling at you, but <laughs> do you want to talk about me yelling at you? Yeah, Chris was like cursing me out, guys. I was trying to be very motivational and uplifting, and he's like, "I can't, I can't do it." You weren't answering my question. You and Beck, this this is why. Like, I didn't. I don't think I properly. How am I supposed to tell you how much time you have left? That's solely dependent on how fast you move. Okay. Oh, that was the thing. So I was mistakenly saying the word time. I didn't mean time. I should have said distance because. If you told me how much distance you have, I would have had, I would have said to I myself. I was, but you were too busy yelling over me. You, you kept going care. 30 seconds, 30 no, seconds. I was back. Right. So 30 seconds doesn't help me. But if you said to me like. I did. Tenths of a I, mile, I would have like sprinted and been like, I know how far two tenths of a mile is. I can we, sprint for that much. Two tenths. We were at 6.17. And I'm like, Chris, we're 2.7, uh, 6.17. He's like, I don't got another bleeping push in me gina i can't do it he gets to 6.21 and then like rolls to the rolls onto the grass for the last point one and then that's not right no i didn't i was i was done and then i rolled onto the grass chris you didn't reach where i was that was yeah. 6.21 you were you were too busy laughing and kept running i literally had tears coming out of my eyes <laughs> you, were too busy so left. you were too busy going left i mean right well he should know he we ran the loop eight times he should know we switched it around that's another thing dude that was my fault like we were trying to avoid the hill so what we were doing hill hill is so relative here this is like the slightest incline it was an incline though but we kept on avoiding avoiding the decline and going towards the incline (sighs) that was my fault i changed it we should have just kept doing the loop over and over again. Yeah. That was my fault. I All was right, like, so I don't want to do that. Moral of the story is we have to find an actual put together race for this summer. That's a 10K that Chris can light it up and have people watching him as he's yelling at me, a young girl, as no. he's yelling at me. Oh, stop. You're making it sound like, oh, you're, yeah, you're so harmless. Me, a young girl. A young I was being so nice. 
I was like, Chris, love you can do it. Come I on. apologized. <laughs> I was nice after. I, I apologize. I know. Hey, you got food out of it. What did you get after? Yeah, you went to the ginger. Oh, peach. yeah. Me and Beck, our friend Beck, we went to the ginger peach, which was right down the street from Chris's house. And I got a bally, it's called. So oh, it's wow. almost okay. like a mini, it's like a piece of dough. And then it has like toppings on it. There was, um, the one I got was fig and goat cheese and rosemary. Cause like literally give me fig at jam and goat cheese on anything and I'll eat it. So I got that and it was so good. So it made up for Chris yelling at me. You should have got a, a trend volcano. I don't know what that is. Trend volcano. It's, I think it was a, I think it's a brioche roll. I don't remember. No, it's a roll with everything bagel topping. And then mm-hmm. inside is pork roll, cheese, no. and you don't like pork roll? Chris, why would I eat that? I don't eat that. You just ran? Yeah, what but don't that you would eat? hurt my stomach. Yeah, I wouldn't eat like a, I wouldn't, I don't really would not eat pork roll. It was like, it's like a breakfast sandwich. I just said I got fig and goat cheese and you're like, yeah, get an explosive burger with pork roll. It's not a burger. I didn't say burger. I said everything bagel top. I know, I know, I, I know. a burger. This anyway. Somebody that we talked to today, her Instagram name is the runner's plate. We yeah. didn't get too much information about what she eats. No, but we did get, uh, her name is Michelle Baxter. Her Instagram account is the runner's plate. She used to do nutrition stuff, but now she just does running stuff mm-hmm. and love it so much. And she lives in the middle of Alaska and she runs in temperatures that I probably wouldn't even leave my bed. For. I have been following her for at least a year or two now. And it never like once registered to me that she lived in Alaska. Like, I thought she just lived in, like, where it snowed. I didn't think, <laughs> even think it was Alaska. So when she said that today, I was like, that makes a lot of sense because she literally runs on, like, ice every single day, which is crazy. You didn't notice that, like, when it was relatively warm here, she was still running in freezing cold temperatures. No, I did, but I just thought she lived, like, up in the mountains. I don't know. We live in New Jersey. There's nothing cool around us. It doesn't register in my brain. But... <laughs> Good Lord. But her her she kind of went viral on her reels for posting how runners can run safely in the snow during the winter so like putting studs in your shoes and different types of traction sneakers so she kind of took off a little bit more so this winter for posting on her reels yeah i will admit though the one reel that you sent me where she ran i forget she ran like 20 miles or something like she started Mm -hmm. pitch dark uh she was running through a town that looked very similar to like where you and I would live. So if yeah. I was following her, I wouldn't assume she was in Alaska. Yeah. I don't know. Just like never, never registers to yeah. me. Like so, the people we, we talk to every week, I'm like, nobody lives in New Jersey. Like we do, <laughs> but I'm like, nobody lives around here. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're stuck here, but uh, so yeah. So we talked about living in Alaska, the running she does, how she, how many sneakers she rotates through. Injuries. Bikes on injuries. Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, it was good to talk to someone because, you know, not everyone runs in the same type terrain. Right. And you kind of learn what other people do. And you, and when you see people like her, you're like, well, if she can go out and run in Alaska, I, I can certainly go out in 40 degrees and a little bit of rain. Oh, yeah, 100%. I see that. And I'm like, I really don't think a kid. I When it's like 20 mile power winds, I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then she literally has to put nails in her shoes to, to run. Like we wouldn't do that. Come on. 
No, probably not. Right? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. I'd be doing a different hobby there. Not even, yeah. So uh, yeah, we had a great conversation uh, with Michelle. She's a super nice, super nice lady. I say that like that makes you sound, it makes her sound old. She's a super <laughs> nice lady. Um, but yeah, here's us uh, talking to Michelle. And we are back and we are here with runner, mom, and uh, all around awesome person, Miss Michelle Baxter. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, do you want to talk about your little power outage or should we? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't About 45 minutes ago, we just lost power. So um, I showered in the dark, got ready in the dark, but (laughs) luckily there's still a lot of, there's a lot of light here now in Alaska at this time of the year. So it's all good. (laughs) When does it turn super dark where it's like dark or isn't it like light all day long? Yeah. Uh, We have about 20, 19, 20 hours of daylight in the summer. Cool. Right around, solstice is right around June 21st. Now, if you go to the north, like the North Circle, in the very northern part of Alaska, then it's 24 hours of daylight. Or for further south. I mean, look, I'm always, every time like fall and winter rolls around, I'm always like, oh God, I wish there was more daylight. But 20 hours of daylight seems really significant. How did you make that? Because you're originally from Wisconsin, right? Minnesota. 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 Okay. Uh, what I knew it was one of the football teams. That beat them. <laughs> uh, so you're originally from Minnesota. So what's it like to adapt from, go from Minnesota? I mean, the cold is the cold, you know, but like the daylight thing. Yeah. I mean, even in Minnesota, people complained about how dark the winters are. So it's just even more extreme here. And it's mm-hmm. all relative. Like people in the South complain about the cold and the darkness, but then, you know, they say they would never live in Minnesota and Minnesotans say they would never live in Alaska. And I say I would never live in like Fairbanks, which is even further north of Anchorage. So it's all relative. It's not fun. <laughs> it's really hard. There's like a manic depressive yeah. time. Like people go through, and it changes so quickly. So we can gain as much as 30 minutes of daylight in a week. Wow. So 30, we can gain 30 minutes in a week and then lose 30 minutes of daylight depending upon what time of the year it is. So it's re- it can be really fast. Do you take uh, vitamin D in the winter? Um, I think you're learning just, about it. Just whatever is in my multivitamin. Okay. Um, and I actually get tested pretty regularly and somehow I'm o- actually okay in vitamin D, mm-hmm. but most people do. And I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of people, it helps. Yeah, so. it's probably just in being outside too and running so much, you just get naturally over time. Maybe, but a lot of the, I mean, in the wintertime, I'm always running in the dark because okay. <laughs> I run early in the morning. <laughs> what were some of the changes you had to make to your running, like going from Minnesota to Alaska? Did you have to like adjust for anything? Uh, footwear was the biggest thing, mm-hmm. getting different footwear. So in Minnesota, they salt the roads. And so I would just wore my regular road running shoes most of the year and it was fine. But now here they don't always get out and plow the roads very quickly. It can be easily three days before wow. the, the plows come and mo- remove the snow. And by that time, the cars have all driven on the road and packed down the snow. And so they can't even get done to drive pavement. So I'm running on snow and ice for six months out of the year. So I wear 
either I wear studded shoes and I can either put screws in the bottom of my shoes. I can do that um, to help with traction or there's a special brand of shoes with studs that are already in the shoes when you buy them called ice bugs. So yeah. I wear those all year, all winter long. And then dressing, I mean, that's really similar to what it was in Minnesota. And I went to college in Northern Minnesota where it's even colder in the fact that the wind chills were so brutal. Mm -hmm. When you're getting running gear, I'm sure um, it's not as easy as it was in Minnesota. I'm sure you're uh, near a ton of malls and stuff. Or are you in a like urban area in Alaska where you can just run out and like, okay, I don't have enough layers for you know this month. So let me go buy some more. Do you have to like order from Amazon? Um, Anchorage is very urban. They some like true Alaskans will say that Anchorage is 15 minutes from Alaska, so they'll say it's like <laughs> Anchorage isn't real Alaska. <laughs> So we, <laughs> we have, we have a couple malls. We have little lemon. Um, we have, we don't have, I, I work at the local running store. And so get stuff from there. I mean, of course we do a lot of online shopping as well. So that, um, but yeah, it's pretty urban and it's not, that's not so much of an issue. It's, it's so funny how even in Alaska, other people, they, people in Alaska shame people from Alaska. Like that, that's a thing that happens in every state. It's like, oh, you're not really in Alaska. You're in Anchorage. It's still Alaska. I mean, just because yeah. you have more things, it's still the same thing. We do that. We do that. We're both, uh, Gene and I are both from New Jersey and like people, we shame each other for the parts of New Jersey we are. Well, that's not, you're not real New Jersey. You're, you know, you're not whatever the beach Central, or you're not in New York. Central, yeah. North and South is the big debate that Central Jersey doesn't exist. Yeah, there are part of... New Jersey doesn't exist to other New York, New Jerseyans. Oh, okay. Because people in North Jersey think we're South and people in South Jersey think we're North. But if you actually looked at a picture of New Jersey, we are in right. the middle uh, yeah. centralized, but no one believes that there's like, there's no such thing as central New Jersey. <laughs> so we get shamed for it. So you grew up in Minnesota and we read on your website that you started running at the age of 10. You were training to run a mile. Was that like a school thing? Oh yeah. Just in, in PE in elementary school. Yeah. I just, I had done well, pretty well the year before. And then I was like, well, what if I trained? What could I get better? Mm -hmm. And so I remember my dad, he would just have me run. I lived in the country. I grew up in the country. So I ran onto the stop sign at the end of the road and ran back the first day and then took a day off and then ran like a little bit further around the corner and then came back. So it was, he kind of just set me up with a real basic plan mm -hmm. of running every other day and just make it, trying to make it a little bit further each time. Do you remember what your time was? No, no, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you come in first in your class? Uh, I don't remember that year. I remember in first grade, I was the first girl done and I was really oh. proud of that. Okay. I don't remember beyond that. I had to have been, I think there was, oh, I do remember now that I think about it, I, I think it was in sixth grade. There was one other girl that beat me and then we ended up running cross country together and she was, uh, she was quite a bit significantly faster than me. So I think there was one year that I, I got like second. Um, what shocked me was, so I have two kids. Uh, my daughter's in second grade, second grade. So that's a year older. I don't think she could run a mile. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, she definitely wouldn't train to run a mile. I don't think she could run a mile. She complained the entire time. So her legs are so small. Like your legs are so small. You have to run, like you have to take so many steps. 
Yeah. I mean, like just once around the track, I feel like would take her a good <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, I mean, I think even at an early age, like some kids are just, that's running is more their thing than other kids. My son ran, uh, I think it was eight tenths of a mile. It was a small kids race last Saturday. And I think he ran the whole thing. There was like part of the course I couldn't see him on, mm-hmm. but as far as I know, he, he ran the whole thing. So he's in kindergarten, he's six. So I think some kids are just like, just more adapt to it. And that's their thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think like when she goes to summer camp and stuff, she probably runs more than a mile in a day, but to like sit there and time her to run a mile, I don't think she could do it. I mean, it's amazing. So how did that, so when, is that when you realized you loved running? So, I mean, I think at that point in time, when I was a kid, I, you know, it was something I enjoyed, but I never really thought about much beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then once seventh grade came around when I could join track and field, I just, I did it cause I enjoyed it and then just kept with it through high school and college. But I also didn't always plan or think ahead to goals I had for myself for running. I just like in the moment, like, yeah, this is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. did um when you started doing the running thing and you I, I saw on your website that like you got really dedicated to after high school and college you got really dedicated to like planning and you got into you know um realizing if I did these structured workouts did you just not plan in high school and college did you just not kind of take it seriously what was the big what was the switch that went off in high school, you know, the coach would always tell you what to do for workouts every day in high school or for cross country and track. So I never had to plan my own. And then in college, over the summer, we got a plan from our cross country coach, you know, mileage, like base mileage to do it for the summer going into cross country season. And then I was like, oh, okay, you know, you can kind of plan ahead and structure your workouts this way. And this is kind of how it works where you do a long run and then you take the next day off and then you kind of do, you know, easy runs, but kind of vary the distance every day rather than doing the same. So I kind of, when I got to college, I realized how there was a rhyme and reason Mm -hmm. for how these workouts went. And then I just kind of carried that philosophy or that um, structure after college, after I kind of realized how it all worked. How much did your miles change after you graduated or like the transition from like high school mileage into college and then college mileage into uh, like post-collegiate running? In high school, and I was always very fortunate that I had good coaches Mm -hmm. in high school and college who didn't overtrain me, didn't push me beyond what I was capable of. So I am very thankful for that. Um, you know, we had decent program running programs, but they weren't amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, I remember eight miles being a really long run. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it was like 20 miles, maybe low thirties mm-hmm. that I would run a week. And then in college that probably went up to forties, low fifties. Mm-hmm. And so it was never crazy high mileage. I also mm-hmm. was very average below average in college. Okay. I dealt with anemia. Oh yeah. Um, my last couple of years. So really didn't get a chance to even explore what I was mm-hmm. capable of. And yeah, I remember in college, I ran a half marathon, 13 miles for a long run. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh no, it was only 10 miles. It was only 10 miles. And I was thinking, 
oh my goodness, I didn't even run half a marathon. So yeah. <laughs> like that feels really far. Yeah. So, but then you just, uh, you know, you do 10 miles one week mm-hmm. and then the next week you do 11 and then 12 and right. then pretty soon you're to the teens. And that's, if for, I remember for my first marathon, just kind of building that way. And then you get to 20. I'm like, oh, okay, I can do this. Yep. How long did you wait after, or what was like the gap between running in college and then starting to train for a marathon? Was that like the first distance you went to after you graduated? No, I ran some halves. I've been, I actually ran quite a few half marathons first. Mm-hmm. Um, so right at the tail end of my collegiate career, I had anemia and then was still dealing with that post, post-collegiately. Mm-hmm. Um, finally got that figured out about a year after college and then really got into running more, adding more mileage. Mm-hmm. Um, did a half marathon, actually did well, and I didn't even realize it was a <laughs> decent time. Uh, and then would run half marathons here and there, but not, you know, maybe like one a year, two a year. Um, and then I, when I decided to take on the marathon, I, I always told myself I was going to like seriously train. I just didn't want to jump into a marathon and wing it. So started building my base mileage for that and then kind of got uh, hooked on that because I wanted to try for a BQ. Mm-hmm. And it took me a few tries in a few years before I got that BQ. How did anemia affect your running? Oh, it was, it was so tough. It was just tough because uh, and with in, in, any injury, you so badly want to be just be able to run. And it's like the one thing, the one passion you have in life and it's been taken away from you. So any injury, whether anemia, um, with my hip labral tear, those are, I had that too. <laughs> yeah. It was, did you get surgery for it? I didn't. Okay. Did I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that was like really, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I dealt with it for about 10 months and okay. um, it got better. I, you know, I had a steroid shot, did ART, mm-hmm. did a lot of strength training. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's never mm-hmm. bothered me since. Okay, good. That makes me feel better. It's been like, t- uh, like three years, I think, for mine now. And it's been okay. I think I got like two uh, steroid injections, like six months apart. And then after that second one, I've been okay. And that was like three years ago. So I'm hoping that it'll hold out for a little bit longer. Yeah. That was hard. Yeah. So any injuries, just, it's just, it's hard. And I tell people it's one thing, if you know, when the injury is going to end, like if you kind of have a deadline, okay, I just have to wait two months and then I can start running again, but you don't know. It's like, you have no idea when your injury is going to end, how long you have to endure it and because every day you just think about it and you stress about it, even though that doesn't help the healing process because you're stressing about it. So yeah, it's been hard. I, I, but it also reminds me that, um, what, how much running means to me. So when it's, you know, when you don't have something, it's just like, oh my goodness, yes, this is what I love to do. And not, a, you know, not a day goes by that I, even if it's a terrible run and I don't feel good, I'm like, at least I'm not injured. Mm-hmm. Did, did you ever have doubts that you would never run again or did you ever oh, doubt? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause it's like, you know, you, after a while, you just get into this depre- depressed mental um, state. And it's like, yeah, am I going to ever run again? Um, but I think with all the, all the injuries I've learned, what I've learned through it all is that 
one that if you keep fighting for yourself, you can find somebody to help you. And I've seen so many great stories of people I follow on Instagram who have dealt with injuries for a really long time and really like kind of bizarre injuries, but they've like just kept at it, kept trying to find somebody who can help them. And I've seen them come back on the other side. So I, th- I always think there's somebody who can help you out there. You just have to keep, keep trying and finding that your person. Um, and yeah, I, we recently talked to um, Avery Collins, who's a ultra runner uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was in a really bad car accident and he couldn't find anybody locally to help him like rehab. And he thought he was never going to run again. And then he found a guy who I forget what part of Colorado they're in, but the, the rehab person is in Denver and he travels. Gina, was it like three times like a week? Hour, yeah, and it's four, four hours, hours four hours each way three times a week just to see this one because it was the only person that was able to help him and he was like well this is it that's i gotta do so every day or not every day but it was like three at least three times a week four hours each way he drives just to go to rehab wow not to mention putting in miles like he's an ultra runner so he's got to put in miles of running plus drive eight hours in a day just to see a rehab person yeah yeah i mean (laughs) when you find that person yeah Luckily yours was closer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they say, you know, runners are crazy, but it's, there's a reason that we're, we're addicted. And so (laughs) we love it so much. So Mm. I would probably do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about your Instagram account. Where did the the name come from? Oh, my husband actually came up with it. (laughs) So we, uh, I mean, when I started my blog 11 years ago now, uh, we were, brainstorming ideas. And it was, you know, I was into nutrition and I loved running. So I put the two together and came up with the runner's plate. I don't blog and have as much Instagram content about nutrition and about food as, as much as I used to, but yeah, that my husband came up with that and he came up with my, uh, with my business name for my coaching business. It's PR coaching, but, and then the PR stands for personalized running. Oh, I love so, that. Yeah, he's a, he's a creative guy. I'm not <laughs> creative, so I always is, go to him for those the help with those things. Is he a runner? Um, I mean, yes, in the fact that he does run like a few times a week. Mm-hmm. Usually, he um kind of goes through phases. He's more of a fair rather runner. Um, and I, I mean, I hesitate because he's not to my level, but at the same time, if somebody told me they run a few times a week, I would say yes, you're a runner. Mm-hmm. We, well, I'm laughing because we often ask people that like about couples, like we have people on here. We're like, is your husband a runner? Or does your wife work out a lot? And it's usually, it's like one really does and one really doesn't no matter what it is. And, it, and it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of fascinating. And they always say that you're supposed to like, for example, I bring this up all the time, but Gina runs all the time and her boyfriend doesn't run at all. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting where you think like, especially in relationships, you're like, well, I got to find, I got to find a person who's like into all the things I'm into. Mm -hmm. And so you think it would be really important, but I guess as long as the person is just okay with all of the miles you run. (laughs) Well, see, the thing is when my, when my husband and I were dating, he did run and -hmm. he would run most days of the week and started running longer distances. And then once we got married, then he stopped doing that as much. (laughs) (laughs) Did you run together? Like, was it something you did? Like you train together? No. Okay. <laughs> Not really. Well, we lived apart for a year. So oh. 
we lived apart for a year and then even when we were together no okay because I think I mean his pace has always been a little bit slower I mean we'll run okay together occasionally now like I'll push the stroller that'll be my handicap and then we'll run together for a few miles so did did he uh, stop running because you moved to Alaska well he's from Alaska but oh, no. okay. <laughs> that's how we ended up here is because he's from Anchorage so okay um no <laughs> I, I thought maybe I was like, if I moved to Alaska, I'd be like, you know what? Eh, I'm probably going to give up this running thing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people run in the summer. Summer is perfect for running. Uh -huh. Like 50s, 60s, perfect running weather. Um, but yeah, winters are winters are brutal. Got you. Um, so uh, when did you start like the Instagram thing? Was that like something you naturally gravitated to? Or were you kind of like, I just feel like I should do this because other people do it? Like. I started the Instagram account um, when, when my first, when my oldest son was six months old. Um, that's actually the first time I had a smartphone. So wow, <laughs> like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my friend who had an Instagram account, she's like, "It's great. It's so much better than Facebook. You don't have the ads. Um, you just see pictures." Now, of course, there are some sponsored ads on Instagram since, but at the time, at the at that time, she's like, it's so much better than Facebook. So I'm like, okay, I'll try this out. Um, and then, you know, posted it on there a few times a week. And it was just, and it was, I just found it really meaningful, all the comments and direct messages that you would get and connect with people that way. So I started doing more with the Instagram account, less with Facebook. And, um, and then Reels really took off last fall, mm -hmm. early winter. And that's, that's kind of what really grew my yeah. account in the last six, seven, eight months. Yeah. You come up a lot on the reels, uh, page, which is good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. Um, I, well, cause I first I was making the videos in TikTok mm -hmm. and then transferring them to Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when Instagram came out with their reels, I could tell they were trying to do what TikTok had. Um, and it was pretty, it was not very intuitive and user-friendly. It was pretty clunky at first and it's gotten better. It still has its issues, whereas TikTok is um, much easier to use. But um, yeah, I know it's easier to find people through their reels. Mm. So how did running change for you when you became a mom? Like how did you, was that something that you, were you running through pregnancies or was it more so like you took time off or did you almost get better after you became a mom? I did get faster after becoming a mom. Yeah. Um, which is, I was not expecting. Mm -hmm. um, I did run through both of my pregnancies uh, towards the end. I mean, it was a lot of run walking. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, I, especially my second pregnancy, it was not very comfortable most days, but I, I did it just to stay in the habit. And just to, because it was still something I enjoy getting outside and exercising. So it was almost just out of habit that I kept doing it, but it was, wasn't the most comfortable thing for sure. I was just really out of breath, the second pregnancy. And then my first pregnancy, I had aches and pains, back, hips, pelvis. Um, so I did run, yeah, did run through both pregnancies and then postpartum, it was, still doing what I loved. And so, I mean, in many ways, being a mom hasn't changed my running. I still have a big goals that I want to go after. And 
Yeah, it does take more coordinating schedule wise to get those runs in, but I've always been a morning runner. So that's helped try to get my, as many miles done before the boys wake up. Uh, and then in the afternoon, if I have a second run or a weightlifting session, bring them all, take them along for that in the stroller before COVID, I would take them to the gym and they would have childcare there at the gym. So, yeah, I mean, I know it, people are kind of, you know, 50, 50 or kind of split where some people become a mom and they're like, no, this is my life. I, you know, maybe just more of a casual runner, but there's a lot of moms out there who just as driven or more driven after they have kids to see what they're, what they're where they can go and what they're, some goals to chase. Did you have like a breakthrough race that made you realize, because your goal is to break three hours, right? You're like at 302. Did you have like a breakthrough race that made you realize that maybe even before the 302 or was the 302 your breakthrough race? Like what made you realize that that was like in reach for you? Um, I guess my, probably my breakthrough race was a half marathon I raced in 124. Wow. Four weeks before my goal marathon and my coach had said I mean my coach was the first one to put this idea in my head that I could go sub three and at the time it was a 317 marathoner and I was like that's a lot of time to cut off she's like no I she goes she had been following me through my blog and kind of knew what my training was like and saw areas and things like where I could improve and she was the first one to give me this idea that I could go sub three and so when we were working together, the 18 months after having my first son, um, you know, just workouts, tempo workouts went from 640s to 630s to 620s. And I just saw, you know, workouts got faster. And then, yeah, I'd say the breakthrough race was the, my half marathon of 124 of just a few weeks before the goal. My goal marathon, which I should have been had the sub three in the bag, but it was really hot and humid. It was like 77, 75 degrees and 75% humidity. And they changed the flags on the course to black, you know, where the green is good, optimal weather. And I don't, I don't know if there's like four green, red, orange, and then black is conditions are really severe for running a marathon. Um, so they, that was, it was just, yeah, it was just coming from Alaska. It didn't help. I had, I had gone a couple of weeks beforehand to try to acclimate, but it just, it wasn't enough. Wow. Were you sore after doing the 124 and then four weeks before a marathon? Like, I feel like that's so close. Were you like all out racing it or was the half marathon more like a tempo? No, it was an all out race, but, um, it gave me enough time to recover. I mean, that's about, I think it was a four. I don't, it was like, I think it was four, maybe five weeks out. And, but it was like, at that point when you, I like, I wouldn't have wanted to race a half marathon the following week. Mm-hmm. It was about the closest I would have wanted to race. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I was sore. I'm always sore after racing. <laughs> so, but it was still enough time to recover. Awesome. Um, are you always sore in general or just always sore after races? Races, uh, lifting hard at the, at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you work through the soreness? Foam roll. Oh, you just go back out there and just start, you just kind of like ignore it sometimes? Yeah. I mean, usually <laughs> after, <laughs> just wondering. usually I have a couple easy days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going hard right away again. So have a couple easy days, foam roll, 
maybe do an Epsom salt bath. Um, and usually if I'm just running easy, I don't feel the soreness as much. It just kind of goes away on its own. Got Gina. Oh, I wanted to ask you a question because I have a 10K tomorrow and I commented on your post a couple, it might've been like a month ago and you said that your Achilles were hurting you. And I woke up today and mine are so sore and I'm like kind of scared to race tomorrow because I started wearing like four drop shoes again and I didn't rotate them in. Oh. So they're kind of, <laughs> I've been like foam rolling them this morning, but did you do anything? Cause I know you said they kind of went away. Did you ice them or what worked for um, you? Yeah, I can't say that my, my Achilles are definitely still kind of niggly. Oh. Um, I haven't, I would probably try taping them with some key okay. tape tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I, I can't say this always helps, but wearing my UFOs around the house, okay. I feel like that, at least it kind of helps a little bit, just the good arch support and the heel being a little bit higher. Um, and then I need to experiment with insoles if that would help it, but I would say, yeah, KT tape and like good supportive shoes in the house today. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of late now. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's my luck. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, we've all probably, I've definitely raced with some injuries that I probably shouldn't have. And the adrenaline on race day pumping causes you to forget, which is mm -hmm. probably not the best thing, but you mm -hmm. might, it might just feel magically fine because <laughs> there's so much adrenaline. Ibuprofen. <laughs> yeah. Ibuprofen and adrenaline is the, and some coffee yeah. is the cure for tomorrow. <laughs> I wouldn't say that as your coach. I couldn't say that as your coach. No, no, no. <laughs> just, some, just some advice. <laughs> Did you ever go right into a race, like get right on the starting line uh, and have an injury or something bothering you and go, well, let's see how this goes. Oh, definitely. <laughs> my hip labral tear. Yeah. I definitely ran a half marathon on my hip labral tear. Um, it was, it, I mean, yeah, it wasn't, I can't, I'm just trying to think, remember how it was on a, there was definitely days prior to that I was limping, mm -hmm. uh, even just walking around. Uh, I think it was starting to get a little bit better, but it definitely was not, was not healed. And I think even the physical therapist was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't run. Wow. <laughs> I, I think it's so funny. Like, I mean, that's just the way we are. Like a couple of days before waste, you're limping around and you're like, yep, I'm ready. Let's do this. Can't even, can't even walk up the steps, but I am ready. Let's go. Well, for me, like my labral tear hurt my groin so bad. And like, I could feel it when I was running, like it felt like somebody was stabbing me in the groin and then it would move to like my hamstring. It's such like a weird, like you can't even like really locate the pain. I don't know if yours was like that, but it was like, I could be running and then out of nowhere, it feels like someone is like poking me. Yeah. Mine was always the same spot, but I did have a friend who had, who hers moved around. So yeah, I definitely ran a half marathon on that hip labral tear. I um, I mean, during the race, I'm like, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I was going to stop if it got too bad, but mm -hmm. once again, adrenaline pumping, I was like, fine. And it was just one of, it's one of my favorite races during the summer. It's a woman's only half marathon. And, oh. uh, it probably, I mean, I did win the race, which is, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Sorry, you, won? you won. Was it a PR too? <laughs> no, okay. no. It was like a one 30, 129. Oh my God. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't a super competitive field that year. So <laughs> that's pretty fast. That's my PR. And I'm like thrown up at the end of that. So that's crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so cool. I think it's funny. You were limping a couple of days before and you're like, yeah, and I won. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. 
Wow. Okay. So what, so my PR is for the half is a 130. I almost broke 129, but the course was a little long. So I'm blaming it on that. And then my marathon PR is a 320. So what advice do you have for how to like be, I think you said you got your tempo times down, but what was like the big shift that brought down your half marathon time? Was that just training more vigorously for your marathon? Like what advice would you give? Um, I would say just consistency, like volume, having consistent volume. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long, like how many years or how long you've been doing seven, six or seven seven years. Yeah. I think Uh, I I haven't, I only really started like racing, like competitively, like just the last five years. Okay. And what's your training volume as far as mileage? Um, before I tore my hip labrum, I was running like 80 miles a week. And now I try to keep it around like 60 or 70. And my half marathon that I did last month, I kept it around like 55, 60 miles. And I cut like four minutes off my time. And then what kind of workouts are you doing? Um, it was tempos. There was a couple tempos thrown in there. And then mostly like 800, 400 repeats which I don't really like. (laughs) Yeah, I would do more tempo. And then I don't know how long if you're doing like, I would say like three by 10 minutes, three by 12 minutes. I saw that you do the at the 20, you did two at 20 minute race pace, right? You like a couple weeks ago or something, you did it by like time intervals. And I've never thought to do like 20 minutes at race pace. Like I, I don't know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So maybe I should try adding that into like a long run or something. Yeah. Yeah. And doing workouts within a long run. Yeah. At your, I would say even for a half marathon yet more that tempo, just slightly faster than your goal Mm -hmm. pace. So that when race day comes around that your, your goal pace feels easy, easy. Mm -hmm. See Chris. (laughs) Uh, What would you suggest for people who have not yet run a marathon? Uh, How do, how would you convince me to do it? (laughs) Oh, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't not want to do it. I feel like, um, so I, I did a half, uh, my first half, probably, oh God, COVID makes everything, like I'm trying to think, I think it was 2019 was my first half because last okay. year was 2020. We didn't do it in 2020. Um, and after I was done with that, I thought to myself, could I do a full and I was probably in the right mindset to do it. But then once everything got shut down, like to me, the first full has to be some type of like event. Like I don't want to do a full in the middle of New Jersey where some places I could always go. Like not saying that I want to like try and qualify for Boston or anything crazy like that. But like my, my first my first full marathon, like I actually had a little thing in my um kitchen where I was like collecting change I was going to save up enough money to go run in San Francisco there's like this marathon that I saw in San Francisco which probably would have been murder but who cares I'm running through the streets of San Francisco like I probably would have just liked that part about it so I feel like I want to do something that is like an event or like a travel kind of thing and now no one's doing that there's Nardo races so I feel like since that's been so long that's so out of my head that I'm just kind of like I don't know. I guess I'll do it eventually. You can do one with me in October, Chris, or Philly in November. Yeah, but it's the, again, that's Philly. Like it just feels like I, I don't know. know. I'm from Alaska. Yeah, Chris. There's marathons up here. That would be crazy. <laughs> if doesn't be, I, I would do. What's that? Is it hilly in Alaska? Oh. No. I mean, 
So Anchorage sits in a little bit of bowl, like there's mountains all around us. Most of our, there's like half is water, half is mountains. We say most of Anchorage sits in a bowl. Um, so we have two marathons here in Anchorage. The one is in mid June. Um, that one is, is more hilly and there's some on trail. So oh, no. we're changing the course this year. <laughs> it's still some on trail. So it's going to be a little bit slower than just all on pavement. Mm-hmm. Our second half, mar- our second marathon is in um, August. And that one's, I mean, there's a, a few, some elevation gain, but it's, it's not terrible. And the um, weather in the summer, um, how is it? love 50 degrees and drizzly rain. Ooh, that could be perfect for you, Chris. That I could be that. a good race for you. God, good I first marathon. Good, I love a good cold rainy day. <laughs> you might see a moose. You might see a moose while you're out running. That I would do it for. <laughs> I would do it for a moose. Again, like I want the like site just be, and the reason another reason for that too is like with my ADHD brain, I'm gonna get bored. So mm-hmm. I need other stuff to keep me like pacified because if I don't, I'm gonna be like, this sucks. I'm quitting. Like this is boring. I'm bored. <laughs> I don't know. I always say that. And then the, and then I get into it like the half marathon. I did it through the town of Princeton and I was like so jacked up that I don't <laughs> even really remember if I even saw anything. I was just like just running. Um, so yeah, I feel like I wanted to do a thing like a, a something. So once all races start, start, like start again, I'll probably maybe circle something on the calendar and go, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do Philly. I don't know. Who knows? I'm very like wishy-washy on it. I know here, here was my next question though. Uh, getting along the lines of like runners and being crazy like ourselves. Um, you work in a running store, which I feel like is like ripe for stories like I feel like you have a lot of stories of interesting people who come in all different spectrums like you know the the runner the insane runner that comes in but then the person who's just kind of like I just want to start running today let me spend five hundred dollars (laughs) on 10 pairs of shoes and clothes and so do you have any like interesting stories um oh golly um well what do you get more of first of all do you get the more intense runners or do you get the people like I'm just starting off I'm going to drop $600 on everything I can. More of the new to running runners because they don't know where to start cuz the the really advanced runner they know what shoes they like they're just going to go online and order them unless they really want to support a small business here. But usually the elite runners we don't see a lot of in the store. So we see the average runner, the person who yeah just doesn't even know what type of shoes they need. So they come in to get fitted or even a lot of walkers, a lot of doctors and physical therapists will recommend them to come to our store because we have the expertise. Um, we have a good, really good selection. So, yeah, I, I mean, as far as stories, oh, I don't know, like the compulsive, you know, I mean, we have like, all I can think of is like bad stuff, like people who shoplift. Oh God. Oh my God. Like people who are constantly Dude. returning stuff, but. <laughs> They steal shoes or they're still like shirts and gels and usually, usually like clothing. Oh my oh, god, take a, that's take terrible. a big bag into the oh, they'll put it underneath their clothes. So you know, if I felt like I was wearing this baggy sweatshirt, they'll put something on underneath. Wow. Yeah, yeah Gina, they go in and steal a different left shoe every day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they go. Well, the only there's only one shoe on display. How many shoes are they gonna set? How many shoes are they gonna steal? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What's your what's your favorite shoes in your rotation right now? Uh, the Burke's Ghost. Okay. And Beacon. Oh, you like the Beacon? Okay. They're so yeah. thin to me. I, they feel like I'm like running on nothing. Oh. Yeah. The cushion's really good. 
Yeah. And then we're running that like fast days, the Brooks Hyperion tempo. <gasps> Do you like those? I love them. Okay. I was look, I haven't, cause now I'm thinking I should go back to more of like a higher drop shoe. I don't know if those are like an eight. But I had to stop running in Brooks because the 12 gave me plantar fasciitis from running in them for like four years straight. I always only ran in the ghost. They were like my favorite shoe ever. So then I went to lower drop, but now I'm thinking about adding some more very variation in there. So maybe I'll try those because I run in the Saucony speed and I feel like the Brooks maybe will be a little bit more plush because I like the floaty feeling. Saucony's endorphin speed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Those are the other ones I like for fast days. Okay. I'd say there's a pretty similar in the cushioning, the shape of the shoe is a little bit different. Okay. What, um, are you tempted every day to like, just buy new shoes? Cause you work in a shoe store all day long. Um, mm, no, cause there's a lot of, I mean, I'm pretty picky with my shoes. So there's most of the d- styles I don't love. Mm-hmm. So I'd say I'm more tempted just to buy the apparel. Guy. Yeah. You do have cute running outfits. Oh, thank you. You do. <laughs> you do. I like I can't coordinate myself like that. <laughs> like grabbing a t-shirt. Well, I've actually thought about changing my Instagram handle since I've gotten away from the nutrition to do more of the the runner's closet or the runner's uh, I don't know. Styled runner? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Uh I have to I have to weigh in here. <laughs> As a uh marketing slash branding person. <laughs> oh. Yes, I, please. I don't think you should change it. Here's okay. why. Okay. You know that fashion plate is food. I'm sorry, fashion, runner's plate. It can be like a fashion plate, like fashion. So you can just keep it the plate and say that it's about fashion. What do you mean? Like, you know, you've heard like a fashion plate, like a person that dresses well. What's a plate? I've never heard that. A fashion plate? I never yes. Yeah, a fashion plate. Like, uh, all right, I'm going to look Anyone out there listening? <laughs> because we have no idea what Chris is talking about. I'm going to look it up right now. Fashion plate. Uh, oh, so you can keep plate okay. and people don't have to know it's about food. You could just say, you know, you could keep runner's plate. Fashion plate, a person who dresses very fashionably. Oh, a a picture typically in a magazine illustrating a new or current fashion in clothes. I can't believe you guys have never heard that. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, so okay. just keep it plate and you could be the runner's plate and you could say it's a play on the fashion plate. I kind of really want her IG handle. So I think she should change it so I can steal it. <laughs> Don't squat on her handle. That's terrible. As a person, as a person who's been waiting for Chris Illuminati to dump his account for nine years so I can take it because this guy has put up two. Uh, this is what I don't understand. Like, I hate stuff like this. Okay. So Instagram will go through and occasionally dump accounts that haven't been updated in a while yeah. or like kind of like they'll go through once a year and get rid of them. There's been a guy with at Chris Illuminati for at least nine or 10 years. He's got two updates from like 2013 <laughs> of two pictures. I don't even know if it's his legit name. And he's got the handle. I've reached out to him like two or three times. I'm like, dude, can I just have the handle? Like, I'll pay you money or whatever. Cause I want the at Chris Luminati. Yeah. Got no response. I tried to, we tried to like reach out to Instagram saying like, this guy never updates. I would update a ton of times. Like, you'll have someone working, like, no one cares. It's, it drives me nuts. So, you like, you have to legally change your name. No, I'm not changing my name. Yeah. This guy just jumped. I mean, like, also, I feel like I got on Instagram pretty early. I don't know how early this dude got on that he found. And I know, you know, the the part that makes me so mad is I know that's not his real name. 
I know it's not his real name. What? But he, you're not the only person in the name, I mean, in the world, but your name. I bet I am. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> I bet I'm pretty close. Chris Luminati, I bet I'm pretty close. There's other Illuminatis, I bet they're not Chris's. Uh. Anyway, so you squatting on her name made me upset. <laughs> no, I'm just, it's a great name. That's like, the, my name, my food Instagram is uh, Fresh Feeling Foodie. But I feel like Runner's Plate, which is like fairly similar, like of what I'm going for. So no, I love it. It's a great name. So don't change it. Okay. I mean, I, <laughs> It'd be hard because then would I change my blog? Because I've had my blog for yeah. so long. Yeah. And people, blog, that's okay. People what just was, get used to it. Yeah. Did you post like your, um? did you post like recipes on there and stuff on your blog? Or what was a it few, more like? A few, yeah. I mean, I'm not one, I'm not very creative mm -hmm. to come up with my own recipe. Every once in a while I would. Uh, so was, a lot of times it was just sharing food I was eating or sharing recipes. Um. I remember when I first started blogging, the, the, what they were called the healthy living bloggers. They would blog three times a day. So they would blog about their workout and their breakfast in the morning, oh. their lunch, and then some other random thing that had happened to them during the day. And then in the evening, blog about their dinner and whatever else they did that evening. Yeah. When three times this, a day. When was this? What year was this? I feel like I missed the blogs. 2009 10 okay okay that would make sense yeah okay because I want to have like a I want to start creating my own website for when I graduate and become a dietitian I want to have like a blog but I feel like blogs are not I feel like everyone's interested in Instagram it's a live thing so I guess it's kind of the same thing as uploading like stories on your Instagram all day and like keeping everybody updated with what you're doing I guess the blog was like what you did before Instagram stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Snapchat before Instagram yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I, yeah, I feel like I've, since I had a following from so, from so many years, I'll, I keep blogging. But yeah, for someone to start a blog, unless it's, I mean, it would be a good place to document all your recipes as, right. a, as a registered dietitian yeah. or say someone in the fashion, going for a fashion, that would be, because- you could have, I mean, makes profit off of it with the links that you had for your outfits, but the blog should be the last thing that you do. The first yeah. should be the social media because uh, it's so hard now. So back then in 2008, 2009, the reason you did that three times a day is because the more you updated, the more you would show up in Google search. So if people were looking for healthy recipes and stuff, you would pop up more often, but the, the chance of winning the SEO battle, the search engine optimization battle now is slim to none. So don't even bother trying that. So you should um, concentrate on your social accounts. And then if people want to learn more up top, you have a link to your blog and then they can go find more. So you do do the recipe, talk a little bit about it in the pictures and then say, and if you want to learn more, there's a link in my bio. Or um, I don't know if you guys, uh, Michelle, are you um, verified on Instagram? No, I, okay. I mean, I thought about it, but I'm not sure if it's worth it. It's, it's very worth it. It's hard to do now. Like I got lucky when, when I got verified, but some of the verified accounts. Um, so in Instagram stories, I have the swipe up feature. Right. So yeah, you can, can link things. I can link things oh. and people can swipe up to it and go you, to it. You have, even though you're, you, do you have 10,000 followers? I have 50,000. He's, 50, he's, oh. he's the big shot. <laughs> okay. Stop. Guys. But isn't it? 
But it's that 10,000. I mean, at 10,000 yeah. is when I got the swipe up. Is that what is it? I, I didn't know what the yeah. threshold was, but I got that from the very beginning. Yeah. That's when the recipe things come in. That's when you want to blog, when people can swipe up the things. Because yeah. with Instagram, they haven't made it intuitive yet where, oh, I'm seeing this thing on Instagram. I should be able to click in the post. Because it's Facebook and Facebook doesn't want you going anywhere except onto other Facebook products. So they're not going to lead you somewhere else. I mean, they do have the links in your bio and things like that because they have to have that stuff. But as far as like in the Instagram post, I don't know if that's ever going to come. So until that happens, like the, the blog should be the third thing that you do. I feel the, like the, the link, the link up thing would be so great for you because when you post like what outfit you're wearing or like what shoes you're wearing this day, like you can just have them right on your story. Like, I feel like that would be so useful for you. So I think you should go through with it when you oh. can. Oh, for, for me to get verified. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had to swipe up now that I have 10,000 followers. So. Oh, you do. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Also yeah. you you can put stuff on your products page, the shopping page. And I'm okay. pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you don't have to have just your own stuff. I think you can put other stuff. I haven't really tried. I've only put like a link tree. No, 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 no. In uh, Instagram, I don't have my phone on me, but when you click oh, the there's like shopping a... thing, there's like a yeah. thing in there. So yeah. you could just put rotating outfits in there. Yeah. So isn't it weird how we have to like, we're all runners or like, like Gina's a dietitian, you do nutrition. You be, you're going <laughs> to be. Let's pretend you're going to be. It's just, but you have to be like runner and. So it's like runner and fashion, like runner and diet. Me, I'm runner and parent. Like if you can't just, there's very few people that could be like just runner or just one thing. You got to be this plus this. Well, so. it's an enhancement to your life. It's not like it shouldn't be your sole person personality, but it's an enhancement to whatever you are. It makes you better at everything else in your life. I guess. No, I guess it's true. <laughs> Michelle, was it hard for you to do social media? A lot of people, not the actual social media itself, but a lot of people that we talked to, do the fitness people, the runners, they were like, I was never the outgoing person. I was never the like in school play. So that was you. And then all of a sudden, like you have to put a camera in your face all day long, making reels and stuff. Like, how did you kind of figure that out? Yeah, I was super shy, very quiet in school. Like my husband's like, who are you? Like, he's like, your classmates saw you. They would be like, not, they would not expect who I like turned out to be. Um, as far as, I mean, just so blogging kind of just allowed me to put myself out there. It was really more done for my friends and family back in Minnesota. And then, you know, I was like, oh, these other people are interested in what I have to say too. So just kind of naturally like share a little bit more. Um, and then for Instagram, I mean, the stories didn't, they started what, three, four years ago. Yeah. And then right before the stories came out, I was starting to do some, some, some talking on Snapchat. Mm. And so then I got, and I knew I had a really small following. So I just kind of got used to putting the, the phone in front of my face that way. Mm. And then when stories came out, it was a net more of a natural trend, a progression and transition. Um, so it wasn't, I didn't, I've never, fortunately I've never felt that's never been too awkward. Mm. Um, yeah. So it, fortunately it's been pretty, Tra- pretty seamless transition from one thing to another and v- feeling comfortable in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of funny how everyone has their one social thing that they were kind of like good at in the beginning. Like yours was Snapchat. 
uh, I kind of gravitated towards Instagram. Gina, was yours Instagram too? Uh, I like Twitter, but yeah. yeah. Some people are good at Twitter. It's weird how you pick the one thing. Some people are Facebook. It's weird how you pick that one thing and you, and you focus on that. And then, but you realize I have to branch out into the other stuff, but it's like, how do I take my content and move it over? Right. Well, that's like what everyone's saying with TikTok right now, because that's where everybody is gravitating towards. That's like the new thing. And I guess Instagram's trying to fight back on that with the reels and everything. But TikTok is really where people are focusing on because it's like Snapchat and Instagram basically in one. It's Mm -hmm. like the best of everything. So, yeah. So, Michelle, how do you come up with your ideas for your reels and stuff? Watching other reels. (laughs) Hey, whatever. That's how you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. That's how um, yeah. How did I, what I, I think my first ones are pretty organic because mm-hmm. I didn't, there wasn't many other reels out there. And I remember one of my first ones was just like short clips of me running, like just my feet recording my feet and then recording my watch at the end of the, of the run. Um, and then my first one that really took off was me studying my shoes. So going into winter, putting the screws in my shoes and telling people that, hey, that if you run on snow or ice, here's something you can do to your shoes to help with the traction. And it was kind of, I kind of hoped and kind of thought that would do well just because it was so different and so unique. And we were going into winter and I knew I was starting to get a lot of, um, I put it in my bio that I was focusing on winter running. And so a lot of people have questions about winter running and don't have a lot of experience. So I kind of focused on that during the winter here and they're like, well, this girl lives in Alaska. So of course she knows what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so that one kind of, that one real took off. Um, my, my son actually videoed me took all those videos that day because my husband my husband was sick with shingles oh during God. That time. it was oh that's was, painful it was he was in oh. so much pain it was bad shingles are painful yeah oh. so my son took the videos and then i started just yeah watching other reels and um people would just even just simply running like we got a gimbal so my husband runs after me as i run so and then he records me running and I turned that into a short reel. I mean, you would just need a few, like three, five second clips. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice and short. And um, so just even just me simply running out in the in the winter, uh, or he first he would drive in the car next to me while I ran, <laughs> hold the phone out the window. <laughs> and then we had to pick a road that wasn't, you know, right. where he could do that safely, where there wasn't oncoming traffic and he had the boys in the back. So, <laughs> so funny. I'm, I'm going to ask if you do this, I'm going to admit that I do it first because sometimes I just forget, but when you have to chronicle this stuff, do you ever forget? And then you have to like fake it later on. Like you go for a run and you were going to video something, or you were going to take a picture of something and you totally forget. So you kind of go like, all right, I need to like, not fake that run, but I'm going to make it look like I just went for a run and kind of oh, yeah. like do the video that I wanted to yeah. do or do the picture. Yeah. We go out on the weekends and mm-hmm. we do a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And so we, I bring like three or four, like probably two or three different outfits. Mm-hmm. And then I change in the car and then we pick a spot and he does some short video clips. And then we get back in the car. I change. And then we go to a different spot. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. It's a lot of content. 
Do you, do you ever get this? I get this all the time and it really amazes me. Do you ever get people who don't realize that social media isn't in real time? <laughs> like, get that constantly. Like people will be like, especially with you and all of your running, like I've had people go like DM me or like even see me out places and they'll be like, man, what are you doing? You just went for a seven mile run. Like, is it? no, that was like from two days ago when I just put the video up. Like it's not uh, that. Nothing's happening. Or if I, for me, when I do the post-it note things, like if I make a joke about how I had a bad day with my kids, I'll be like, are you okay? You're having oh. a bad day. I'm like, I literally wrote that three months ago. Like I did, it's yeah. so not in real time. I didn't just finish the video and then put it up. And now like my life goes on. It's like, it's all curated from later. Did you ever have anybody like that? Like, oh, Michelle, you went for a 10 mile run and now you're at like uh, T-ball at <laughs> uh, 20 minutes later. Did they ever kind of think that's happening? Um, I can't say I've gotten that too much, um, probably because I spend most of my time at home. Okay. So it- um, and then and then I, in my stories, I do try to at least have this read the right sequence, you know, so I might like post something. It might not be the right time mm-hmm. um, separation, but at least it's the right sequence. Got so, it. But I still get caught up in that, like seeing thinking everything is in real time, especially when people do throwbacks or like a throwback of a pregnancy. I'm like, wait, I just saw you yesterday. You're not now suddenly nine months pregnant. <laughs> wait, what happened? <laughs> the worst is when you see people who uh, are pregnant and then you realize, oh my God, I haven't seen you in nine months or I like haven't been looking at your Instagram posts or anything like that. <laughs> That's when you feel really bad. You're like, oh my God, you're pregnant or you had a kid. Like, I didn't even know you have a kid has it really been nine months that's when you feel awful especially if you know the person really well so you're speaking from experience yes i was i a friend of mine was showed like a picture of her belly on instagram and i was like wait when when obviously nine months ago but when did you get pregnant like i had no (laughs) idea i guess i'm i'm the opposite of real time i like am just in a time zone i don't know i don't know i could blame if i wish i was in alaska i could blame it on the 24 hours of sun (laughs) um so michelle real quick before we let you go uh what are you currently training for now so two marathons that i'm gearing up for this year i'm going to be doing it's the run fest marathon here in anchorage it's the run fest is like the race series and it's the humpies marathon humpies is a restaurant in town and humpies is another another name for a it's a spawned out salmon so a salmon that's almost that's spawned out it has they get they turn red and they get a hump on their back um when they're about ready to die <laughs> so after they've laid their eggs so for a restaurant the humpies, humpies let's <laughs> <laughs> so name our restaurant after half dead salmon yep okay. um and then so that's in the middle of august is that marathon and then i'm going to be running cim california international oh, yay. beginning oh, cool. of december so I like the spacing of that. There's, you know, there's other marathons I thought about running at the beginning of October, Chicago, Twin Cities, but I just, I don't recover very quickly from a marathon, especially as I've aged. And so to have only two months, didn't feel like enough time for me to recover between the two marathons. So running one mid-August and then running again, beginning of December is much better time frame for me. That way I have one here in town. I don't have to stress about travel and sleeping the night before it's, it's very easy to get to run it before and then then i have one more destination race so those are the two big marathons and then um, a lot of local races sprinkled in <clears throat> 10k at the end of the month 
12K, kind of a premier uh, race. There's a 12K here on Friday evening, about six, six days after that 10K. Half marathon in July. Um, there's another 10K at the end, beginning of August. So you're busy. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's good that things are getting back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. I hope um, some of those still might be a staggered start, but they have been doing an elite wave. I mean, elite, obviously, that's very subjective. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, at least those of us who are kind of more serious about wanting a good time and having people to run with. So they've been doing an elite wave. So that's been nice. Uh, but still, I think a lot of staggered starts, but at least something. Cool. And tell people where they can find you online. So I'm at therunnersplate.com for my blog and then Instagram, the runner's plate as well. Those are my two primary social media sources kind of where I'm, I'm definitely on Instagram the most and try to blog once a week. So that's where they can find me. Awesome. Well, we had a great time talking to you and uh, we wish you luck in all your races and yeah, good with luck the, with the weather too. Just, thank you. we don't even know if it's going to be bad. We just assume it will be. And we'll just wish you luck. Yeah. <laughs> it's still chilly here. It's like 40 degrees in the morning. So it's what, when does it get warm? Oh, June, June, July. We'll be here before you know it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, warm is like, 50 degrees in the way in the, in the morning. <laughs> All right. That's not bad. I mean, it's nice for running. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's well, we, favorite we wish you uh, warmer weather. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. And that's going to bring another episode of we run this to a close. Gina and I want to thank our guest and thank everyone that's listening out there. If you love the show, please be sure to share it with your friends and leave a review on iTunes. If you want to follow the show on social, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at we run this underscore pod. That's we run this underscore pod. Thanks for listening and we'll see you out on the road.